Hey everyone, welcome to the Real as Yates podcast. We are your hosts, Paige Yates and Taylor Yates. And in this podcast, we share with you everything we know about real estate, greater Boston, and life. And in case you're wondering, yes, we are in fact related. We are a top producing mother-son real estate agent team where we lead, surprise, the Yates team. Mom, people have noted that I keep calling you Paige, (laughs) which is like, Fair comment. Why am I calling my mom by her first name? I'm not one of like those people. There's no beef in our relationship. But what I was advised early on in my career working with my mom is that at work, call my mom by her first name, not mom, because it would look more professional. And so that has since become a habit. And I think I mostly divide life and work, but I am absolutely positive that I get it wrong a lot of the time. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. It's a hard thing to remember. Habits, right? It's kind of like your little kids calling Karen mom. And then when they really want their attention, they say, Karen, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There is a reason for getting someone's attention by using their name. Right, exactly. So this month we're talking about loving where you live. And that means this week we're talking about culinary havens, designing the ultimate home chef's kitchen. Let's first define what we mean by chef's kitchen because in real estate, that means something and it means something very different to the average person. When we talk about chef's kitchen, we're talking about a nice kitchen. We're not talking about like, this kitchen does not look like it belongs in the back of a restaurant. It is just high-end appliances, lots of counter space, high-end finishes, big sink. That's what we mean by chef's kitchen. Why don't we talk a little bit more about what are the key elements that you think define a chef's kitchen in a residential setting? Like I'm saying high-end appliances, but like, what does that mean even, right? I think when people call something a chef's kitchen, Mm -hmm. there are a couple things that they're focused on. Mm -hmm. One is the layout of the kitchen has to follow kind of what is recommended by kitchen stores or cooks or whatever, which is referenced by you want to form a triangle. You want to be able to get to your refrigerator, get to your sink, Mm -hmm. and get to your stove. Mm -hmm. And so they often want things to be kind of an L shape. And then you have a big island Mm -hmm. in the middle where you have prep work going on. And I also think you expect good and big appliances. You often see wolf ranges where you've got six ranges and a griddle in the middle, and you've got double ovens, you might have a warming drawer and you might have sub-zero drawers to Mm -hmm. use. So I think the expectation is in the layout and in the appliances and in the available space to prep the food. Mm -hmm. And I think recently we've seen an increase in people adding islands to their kitchen Mm -hmm. because that was not what was typically used even 25 years ago. Right. And I think islands have created two things. One, a much better working space for people, particularly people that might not have large kitchens. You know, you have a small kitchen, you don't have a big house, but how do you make it the most efficient it can be? So that's one. And I think it's also the islands have brought cooking to more of a family project because you have an island. So a chef uses it one way and a family is using it another way. But I think the components of a chef's kitchen are 
top of the line appliances, good three point reference to the stove, the mm-hmm. refrigerator, the sink, and great prep work space. Yeah. Maybe I'll just be more specific, like lots of counter space. Like that's what we mean by great prep work space, especially some of these older homes. They were designed either for a servant, if it's old enough around here, that was absolutely how the kitchen was designed and houses were purchased by the boss, not the servant. So they were not designed really with the chef's welfare in mind or just from an era when we wanted a big dining room. So we got that by squeezing out the kitchen and it didn't have a lot of counter space. Well, I think the focus went from a kitchen being solely a kitchen to a kitchen being the heart of the family. And I think you're talking about houses that were built in the 1900s. For instance, our Mm -hmm. house was 1908 and the kitchen was probably eight by 10, if that, (laughs) with a big, huge stove in it and no eating area because no one ate in the kitchen. They ate in the dining room. The other part of the kitchen were old fashioned pantries. So it was not opened up and a place where people would congregate. It was a functional space that then everybody ate in the dining room. Absolutely. My house is a great example of this, right? Like just this morning when I was making the kids breakfast, my son and my wife were playing a board game on the island while he was waiting for me to get his breakfast ready. And like, that's the kind of stuff that can happen with the modern kitchen layout that couldn't really happen before. I mean, before I remodeled my kitchen, I probably had like four square feet of countertop space. When you put the toaster oven and the coffee maker maker on there, now I've got like two square feet. It's like a night and day difference in terms of how my house lives by really upgrading that kitchen. I think it's dollar in, dollar out, the best value I've added. People really care about a kitchen. Mm -hmm. And they really want to be able to functionally use the kitchen. So they expect high-end appliances Mm -hmm. and a good layout. But they also see it as a place that family's going to congregate and spend time together. It's no longer a situation where someone goes and cooks the food and everybody else is doing their thing, mm-hmm. and then they get together to eat. Everybody's kind of participating at the same time. So I think chef's kitchens are obviously at the highest level of what we see, but because of those, we've rethought our own kitchen spaces and our move to being family-oriented in the kitchen has created better kitchen spaces for everybody, no matter how big or small your house is. Right, or how talented of a chef you are. Correct. I'm going to ask a quick question and then we'll move on. So the high-end appliances are fridge is what? Sub-zero. Stove? Wolf. Microwave? Probably doesn't matter. Yeah, I agree. Maybe sharp because they own the patent on those below the countertop. Yes. One, but like not that much. And then dishwasher. Most people do Mealy or Bosch. Yeah. But I have to say that I kept my old Sears one because I had that left over and use it as my second dishwasher. So it's Perfectly fine, too. Right. I think the ones that stand out are the stove and the fridge. Like, those are the things where you can really make a lot of difference with some extra money. And I think people, like I was mentioning to you that Lydia Shire used to live in Weston. And Mm -hmm. I once, when she sold her house, I went to her kitchen. And it was just, like, amazing because (laughs) she had things like walk-in refrigerator. So it was, like, all glass, but it was a refrigerator. Oh, that's cool. It was very cool. And she had incredible pantry. It was like you literally walked into a room. So this is like a chef's, chef's kitchen. Like when I said like for us, a chef's kitchen means a nice kitchen, not what's in the back of a restaurant. Very different for Lydia Shire. It did mean like the nice version of what's in the back of a restaurant. But it was just interesting because I expected certain things 
And it was interesting how she had placed the necessary things for her in the space. Bottom line was her kitchen was all opened up. Same thing we're seeing now. And she had a big island that she worked on. So those are the things that are really, we're seeing more and more and more. Yeah, absolutely. How important do you think lighting is in a kitchen? I have a possibly controversial take on this. I personally think lighting is very important. Uh That could be two reasons. One is I'm maturing. And so my eyesight (laughs) probably isn't as strong as it once was. And those numbers look very little. But I just think when you tend to be in your kitchen, you're doing a specific task. Mm -hmm. And when you do a specific task, you want to be able to see it. I would say to you, I love the fact that on every light in my kitchen, family room, and eating area, I have dimmers on the Mm -hmm. switches. Because when you go from the kitchen to the family room or the kitchen to the dining room, you certainly want to bring the lighting down and not have it as bold and bright as you did when you were cooking. Right. Maybe given what you just said, my opinion is not that controversial. I think the lighting that you have, the lighting that you install in your kitchen is very important for all the reasons you stated. Plus, you know, you're doing a job there, right? I think natural light, buyers seem to give kitchens a pass if there's not a lot of good natural light. In a way that they don't do to living rooms and bedrooms, offices, like people seem to just accept that the kitchen lights are always going to be on because they always need to be on, even if it's well lit. So natural light becomes less important. And I've seen this at super high-end houses where I'm like, gosh, this thing never gets any sun. And people don't care. Yeah. That has been my experience. I think the biggest thing with kitchen is when buyers come in, they want it to have a wow vibe, no matter how big or little it is. They want to see it as clean, white, bright, whether lights are on, whether they're off. They want a finished product. Mm -hmm. They don't want an old green floored, dark cabinets. They want to see kind of a bright, inviting space. Yeah, I hear you. And that's why we always turn lights on at showings. That is correct. All right, we'll be right back with some jokes and questions from the audience. Did you know that Taylor and I aren't just your favorite real estate podcast hosts? We're also pretty darn good at our day jobs. With over 30 years experience and $1 billion sold in greater Boston, we're real estate agents you can trust. If you're buying or selling a home, reach out to us at contact at yatesboston.com today. All right, Paige, you ready for this week's joke? Oh gosh, okay. Why do real estate agents love finished basements? It's some place to go. I don't have any <laughs> no, idea. No, no, no. <laughs> there are best sellers. Oh, <laughs> there you go. So we kind of touched on this already, but somebody asked, if you could design a kitchen for any celebrity chef, who would it be and what unique features would you include to suit their cooking style? Do you watch Food Network? I was watching it the other day. No, I don't. All right. You know who I love? It wasn't Food Network. It's Iron Chef Dad on TikTok. His name is Chef Chang, and he was on Iron Chef. He was one of the guys you compete against. And he and his son started a TikTok channel where his son will be like, hey, dad, can you make like my Taco Bell gourmet? And so the videos will be of him taking like a bag of Taco Bell tacos, breaking them down and making them into some gourmet dish. It's just absolutely incredible what he's able to do. 
So if I was to design a kitchen for him, I think my big thing is the island because you need a landing space to deconstruct that whole doggy baggy of Taco Bell. And then you need that in addition to all the prep space you need for a gourmet meal. That's number one is the island. Number two, I would want to create extra cookware storage because I think if you're starting with like, hey, here's some random stuff and you have to turn it into a gourmet meal, you might need a bit of specialized stuff to take what you have and turn it into something that you are proud of. I'll leave it at that for now. Iron Chef Dad. I need to watch this, correct? It is hilarious. It's very impressive. I feel like for what I watch any kind of somewhat cooking shows, I don't watch it for a long period of time, but I always see them sitting in kind of like a little you. All the things that they're going to use are on their main table, mm-hmm. but they always have areas that they can reach kind of within an arm's distance where mm-hmm. they can get things. I would say to you that in addition to a big, nice island and space for cutting, because I mm-hmm. think they do a lot of chopping and they do it very fast, I would say to you that we're seeing in kitchens more and more kind of specialized drawers. Mm-hmm. Either you see a space that you can slide cookie sheets into mm-hmm. or wooden cutting boards. Right. Or you see spaces for trolleys that hold all the spices, spice racks or drawers that hold the spice racks. Totally. And so I think that the inside of the drawers in a chef's kitchen can be valuable mm-hmm. because it can be designed for specific needs. All the spices, all the rices and all the pots and pans you've got to use, all the cutting boards, all the cookie sheets. And I think that storage, but accessibility is probably the most important thing. I mean, a chef's kitchen is always going to have top-notch appliances and it's going to always have an island and good prep space. And however big your kitchen may be, because your kitchen isn't huge. Because you took down a wall between a kitchen and a dining room and you've made it really an oversized kitchen area where you can sit at one end. But you've created an island which has become the hub of -hmm. cooking and family getting together. And whether the kids are icing cookies, they can stand at the island and actually work with you. Or if you're preparing dinner, you can chop, you can use the island, you can go back to your stove and cook. You can go back and forth, but everything's accessible and reachable. So you don't need a big area. You just need it to be really well laid out. Awesome. Well, thank you for that question. If you're a curious cat and you would like your question to be considered, you can just send us an email at contact at yatesboston.com or slide into our DMs at Yates Team Boston. That's it for this week. Be sure to tune in next week wherever you find your podcasts. If you like this, be sure to like, subscribe, and give us that five-star review. You can also find us on Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok at Yates Team Boston or on the web at yatesboston.com. 